0: Hey Sarah, I'm pretty fired up about something.
1: Oh my gosh, I get so really excited when you're fired up. So I'm so I'm um, go basically go.
0: <laughs> you're giving me the green light. Excellent. I'm gonna take it. Okay, so earlier today, I went and picked up. Uh, there's this place called Piecemeal Pies. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna go out and say the name of the establishment. And I picked up some pies. Mm-hmm. They're really tasty. I was very excited about it and uh it was a counter order you know standard they automatically added 20% gratuity to my order oh ouch yes mm-hmm. so i ordered $65 worth of stuff $15 later mm. so we're t- we we're, all this required was putting things in boxes and handing it to me and i'm like hold the front door here You know, I, I, for table service, don't get me, like, I am a generous tipper. I've worked food service. It's brutal. Mm -hmm. I do the 20%. Mm -hmm. I think it is outrageous. They didn't even give me a choice. They just automatically added it. So I'm like, hang on a second. I don't know if I feel right about this. So I actually said something. And uh, the, the cashier girl's like, I kind of get it. It's a principal thing. I'm like, yes, it's a principal thing. Just let me choose how much I want to give because a few dollars is appropriate for a counter order. Yeah. If you're not doing table service, not 20%. So then she gets her manager. The manager calls up the owners and she comes to me and she's like, well, that's standard. I'm like, no, standard is table service is 20%. But even then you still have to give the customer the choice. So it just... I don't know, like I, it just made me feel really upset with this restaurant that they, they, well, it wasn't it's, it's not even like a restaurant per se. Um, so they make pies. Oh, yeah, they make pies. I do, yeah. oh, do you? How much do you love their pies? I really love them, which is why I didn't storm out of there. Right. So they ended up, they ended up giving me a refund. I'm like, but there's no way for me to tip your workers because, again. I am not anti-tipping. I'm just tipping commensurate with the workload. Yeah. And if if you work food service, like I I which I've done, you get a base wage that's like 4 dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. So you rely on tips. If you are behind the counter, if you are in the restaurant, you know, like like the workers there were, yeah. they are getting minimum wage. So it's i i like to add on to that but it's not it just oh i was so mad. i was so mad sarah yeah and maybe there's somebody out there who can you know give i don't know i need
1: validation that it's okay to be upset about this just give me a choice absolutely okay sarah first first question did you leave there with or without pies of course i left
0: there with pies (laughs) and of course i felt bad because i couldn't tip But I wasn't gonna tip twenty percent. Yeah, and I'm going to go back. Did they let you take the twenty percent off before you left? She she just automatically took it off. But it it was a whole
1: thing. Yeah, I can see that. And are there are there like laws of the land on this stuff? Like, are they are they able to do that? (gasps) I I guess so. Do we all need COVID times? Like when we go to restaurants in the u.s do we all need to check our receipts to make sure they're not charging us like automatically at 20 because like yeah. if that was happening in restaurants i think i might like being just the person that doesn't check over things all the time um <laughs> yeah i wouldn't even check it and then i would also tip if they
0: well and and i know that does automatically happen with big groups in some restaurants yeah. but not counter service counter you no, know no. like i'm picking up to go order essentially yeah
1: totally outrageous
0: that is outrageous
1: i agree with you i think i even think like here the regular um the norm now has become for the you know the the handheld machine and it asks you automatically if you want a tip right yeah and i feel feel like we're in this awkward space now around that because it's like if you're ordering a coffee say from a coffee shop you don't even normally go to and they're like do you want a tip on this. And now, sometimes during COVID, they don't even hand you the machine, so they they're typing it in themselves. So you have to mm. tell them, you have to look it straight at them and be like, "No, <laughs> I do not want a tip on your coffee." Like, <laughs> so yeah. it, it is awkward. And like, generally, my rule is. Like if there's if like you just said, like if there's table service, I'll tip for sure. I know I'm, I'm also a generous tipper. But um unless it's a place that I go to regularly and like I start to know the people and and then I'll start to then I'll tip um right. for that kind of service, like where they know me and they're they're like making my special brand of coffee every day or or whatever. Um, but otherwise I generally will not tip unless like possibly so for example the other day I was in um when Ashley was here, we went to a Mexican place and it really required a lot of decoding because it was, um, it was like authentic Mexican food and we didn't understand what half of the things were. So like they spent a lot of time explaining to us what the food was that we were getting. And so then I tipped because there was like a service um, that I felt was like, worthwhile.
0: So it was, it was kind of like a fast casual order at the counter. Yes. Kind of place. Okay. Yeah.
1: I got you. Yeah. And it was super authentic, and they were—they literally—and the woman was so patient with us as we're like, "So what's in the mole?" And we all had our special like orders, like I'm gluten free, and Ashley's a vegetarian, and you know? And I think we had Ellen with us, so we were all asking these questions. And so, you know, after that, I'm like, "Okay, you can have—you've just spent 15 minutes with us explaining your food, <laughs> so like, but that's fine."
0: You had it, ultimately, you had a choice over it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was not a – because here's, here's what's weird is normally I order uh, – when I've ordered from there, it's been more, um, like, to go, especially when things were fully locked down. We were trying to order from them because we wanted them to stay open. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the app, you could just put whatever tip you want. But the, the app was kind of down mm. th- today, so I, I actually had to go in to pick up my order right and i don't know i don't know just i was very upset about it it was a bad morning altogether oh second bad morning thing mm-hmm. so buddy and our dog yes. uh our bull mass giant
1: bull giant.
0: yes uh Well, so we were wrestling we were all <laughs> as you do mm-hmm. as he headbutted me. Oh, oh, is that and I was going to ask about your lip. Yeah. So it looks like I got a lip injection gone wrong. <laughs> um, but it's also like a, it's like a blood blister that's it's all puffy. It looks terrible. I mean, the inside of my lips all cut up. So it was just it was it was a rough morning, but I'm this is the longest intro of all time.
1: I know <laughs> we're almost at eight minutes now, but it's totally right. worth it. I'm glad I got to find yeah. out about the lip because I was like, "Oh, this is awkward. What's wrong with her face?"
0: <laughs> Thanks. The best part so today, I, I had to I had to um, send a video to one of my sponsors. Oh no! And partway through the video, I noticed blood dripping down my teeth. <laughs> Actually, when I reviewed it, thankfully I reviewed it because I am on bloody teeth. Here I am talking all chirpy, you know, la, 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 la. Just
1: like <laughs> vampire Sarah. It's like, what has happened during COVID over there?
0: <laughs> I know, things have gotten weird, man. Uh, that's good. Well, hopefully, hopefully. well, maybe that's why they refunded me the tip. I was secretly <laughs> bleeding all over myself. Really actually, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea like who is this crazy looking lady were
1: actually just like get this woman out of our shop before she like goes before she bites us each in the neck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or gives us whatever thing is on her face right now. Either way, not ideal. (laughs) That story just
1: got way more awesome with the blood dripping down your face. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, coming up on the show. Sarah and I are going to catch, I don't know how we could catch up any more than that, but we did miss last week, so we have lots to catch up on. Uh, We're going to talk about the cooking show that Sarah did. We have a voicemail from the Ninja Voicemailer. I'm going to give Sarah some feedback about her episode with her husband, Ben, PTO wildcards, and a message from a listener. I'm Sarah
0: Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. tell me to stop
1: this time like the last time you better get ready to race in the city to do this when you went the truth is i step on the field it's time to get real i'm feeling so this my time my time none of you people can tell me to
0: stop my time hey Sarah, i have a riddle for you what's refreshing <laughs> great any time of day and super awesome
1: oh my gosh is it the if you we are riding podcast Oh, no, wait. By the look on your face, it's not. It's it's noon. Yes. It's noon, isn't it?
2: Ding, ding, ding.
1: You got the answer. Woo. Okay, friends, seriously, Noon Hydration has been a sponsor of Live Feisty and this very podcast for a couple of years they are amazing they are supportive and we all get 30% off with the new code note the new code LIVEFEISTY um, at noonlife.com so use the code Feisty E before I at noonlife.com and our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear
0: for 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code Feisty
1: 15 And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around.
0: Okay, Sarah. So first things first, why did you stand me up last week?
1: <laughs> why did I stand you up? <laughs> okay, the okay, the honest truth. Like I could make all kinds of like I was too busy, this was happening, da-da, right? The honest truth is like I was pretty overwhelmed um, with all the work that I had to do. And I was literally thinking, okay, I have this one window that I could record in that would not like turn my, make me feel like my week was totally upside down. Um, and then you couldn't do that window. Um, did
0: you just pass the blame to me?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I did a little bit. (laughs) That was unintentional.
0: Oh, Oh, that's okay. But, you know these things happen. It's it's life. I'm I'm glad that I was able to figure out a way because otherwise it would just have been me talking for half an hour, uh- <laughs> which
1: I'm sure our listeners would have been fine with. But maybe uh,
0: I don't know. But or- I'm. But what what were you doing that was so important? Just just fill me in here.
1: So I think what what happened was was that Ashley and I had planned like we often plan to get together for a couple days at a time to do some business planning. You know, and especially during COVID now, it's become more important to like actually be in person um, and do some work together. So, for example, Ellen, who works, who lives in Victoria here now, like every Wednesday, Ellen comes over and we work together just to like um, just to have some human contact. So Ashley was going to be in Vancouver. So she said, listen, I'll come to the island. We'll do some business planning. I like great. I could use that. I could use a bit of like another brain on some strategy stuff. Um, And then like we both kind of failed to create the space in our own schedules to actually do that business planning. So she was coming here with like a ton of work to do. I had a little less, but still was like quite overwhelmed. So we we did it actually ended up being quite useful because we ended up effectively problem solving around like how we get out from under the overwhelm um, and and focus on moving forward instead of constantly feeling like we're catching balls that are being dropped and just. And just and, and I'm talking more for me than her, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, uh, yeah, so that went really well, and we talked about, like I ended up actually, it was it was quite a good, um, what would you call it? anyone could do this, right? If you're feeling overwhelmed in your life, I, I basically wrote like all the list of the jobs that I do, right? And we kind of realized like right now, I'm technically, like I'm acting like the CEO. And the COO of a lot of parts of our company, and then not that like that makes it sound like a huge company. It's not, but um, but I am doing like a lot of these l- tasks, and I'm also kind of the like HR department. So when folks have a problem, they come to me. Um, so I'm doing a bit of that emotional work too. So it's all these bits and pieces are adding up. So we were able to like make a list and go, okay, what might I be able to offload, or what might be a process to getting me into a job that makes more sense instead of like all the things. Um,
0: that that actually sounds really important. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: yeah, so we we had a short-lived company, and oh, early the coffee. Just, yeah, yeah, our our business partners didn't want to uh, designate roles,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and quickly on we realized that it just it gets it gets to be too much. You yeah. need to really be the clearer you are about your roles in a company the better off everybody is. Because once you start, like, I'm sure you overextend on a regular basis. You do things that, you know, you might not necessarily want to do or be the best, uh, you know, to fit that position. So it's putting your strengths where your strengths are Mm -hmm. and, you know, really – designating other people for those jobs so hopefully hopefully you
1: got some clarity about that yeah it's true and i it, what's interesting is that this year because we we changed so quickly um, from around march until now everything changed that I, there was an initial shift and so I re, sort of reframed my job and passed a bunch of stuff off. And then there was a second shift. And I think I just didn't see the second shift coming because I was sort of like, okay, we got it now. We're good. Here's what everybody's rules are. And actually we had to change again quickly. So it's that, like it's like the shifting sands of startup life a little bit. Um, and then you don't want to just get stuck in like the constant reframing and strategy of how you're moving forward. You have to actually just buckle down and do the work at some point too. So yeah. Um, Yeah, there's a balance there. But yeah, it was it was really useful for me. Um, So thank you for giving me that space and time to do that work.
0: No, of course, anytime. I mean, either I'm going to rope somebody who has no choice into being my (laughs) (laughs) co-host. Or we won't record. Or I'll just talk for half an hour. Right. I mean, it's
1: not (laughs) the end of the the end of the world. (laughs)
0: No, I'm absolutely. Anytime, Sarah.
1: And actually, we should – I just like looking at a run list, but I feel like maybe we should play the voicemail that we got this week now because he had some okay. feedback about your episode last week with your um, co-host.
2: Let's do it. Hey, Sarah and Sarah. Uh, it's the Ninja Voicemailer. Um, I actually wanted to comment on two things that um, Ben said as the guest host. Um, the first is his comment about triathletes, how he found them to be you know, very type A, used to getting their way um, you know, kind of, uh, ultra successful people. Um, and, and that's something I think that's endemic in the, in the triathlon community, that attitude, um, certainly in all triathlon marketing, I've seen that's, that's absolutely the truth. But, um, you know, the truth is that there is a half of half of triathlon, um, in the back of the pack, uh, that is a tremendously warm and welcoming community that I think it's underserved. Um, generally speaking, it's, um, you won't find a more accepting community than those of us in what I like to call the half of the pack that makes the front half possible. Um, so Ben, you're, you're more than welcome to come back and join me anytime. Um, in the back of the pack, you're probably going slower than you've ever gone before and, and you know, you'll have to live with that, but it is a, it is a tremendously welcoming community back there. Um, very supportive. Um, the other thing that I wanted to, that I wanted to comment on is your, Ben, your comment on, um, Sarah you think you're funnier so I'm gonna say you comment um dude no just just no um I've been married for almost 22 years and and no don't do that um anyway thanks very much
1: Sarah the ninja voicemailer strikes again
0: I love it I love it you know I actually have to disagree with him about something so well I guess it's kind of agreeing, not necessarily uh, disagreeing with the Ninja Voicemailer, but something Ben said in the podcast was that triathletes tend to be really type A Mm -hmm. and I am not whatsoever. I, I, maybe I would have better results if I were, but I also probably would have, you know, long retired and hated the sport. Mm -hmm. So I find it really, I found it really interesting that Ben categorized triathletes triathletes is being type a and ninja voicemailer and I we are not mm-hmm. um so it's not just a back of the pack thing mm. That we do exist believe it or not ninja voicemailer we do exist at all levels of the sport yeah. so i'm just going to put that out there
1: i agree i agree actually i often say like i'm a b plus you know when people are like yep. <laughs> triathletes are a type I'm like i do not identify that way like if if i say say if I was an an amateur athlete and I had a full time job I would not do Ironman. man like I just that's not but because Iron Man was my job it was that was an amazing job to have, but I got to like come home after swimming, have a full breakfast, and have a nap i mean that's a completely different thing than going to going to work <laughs> right? um so i definitely that's not the only thing but i I definitely identify more um is is what are the identifiers of B personality I don't even know I don't even know what these personality types are we just hear it Me so neither. often like A type the yeah. overachievers like whatever yeah. that means um,
0: well I uh, who was it it was another pro oh I know who it was uh, Beth McKenzie mm-hmm. uh, so I was complaining about the fact that I'm like super disorganized I need lists of everything and I'm like you know what I actually think that being slightly disorganized is not a terrible thing, especially when it comes to nutrition. And she, she totally validated. She's like, yeah, me too. You know, I, it's the kind of thing where if you're too rigid, um, then it gets in your way sometimes. And you're like, you know, you have the set plan, especially with the longer course stuff where if you just are a little bit more disorganized, a little bit more easygoing, then you're easy. It's easier to adjust. Um, That's
1: interesting. And I've I've also observed that like you have to work with your own, what do you call it, your own level of rigidness, right? So Mm -hmm. like I think I've known a couple athletes over the years, like a a Daniela Reef, for example, right? Like I've, not that I know Daniela that well, but a little bit from the Bahrain team. And I recognize that there are times where she's able to be like super, super rigid, but that that also comes naturally to her personality type. So hmm. she's not experiencing that necessarily as suffering <laughs> that I probably would if I was as rigid as she was in some of the segments of her training, right? Um, hmm. And I've known some other athletes like that, that just like can naturally, um, it's just natural for them to literally micromanage hmm. every single second um, where I, I, I mean, I got to a high level of being able to micromanage my life for sport, but I definitely needed some relaxed time all the time during the year, even in a big race build.
0: So, the, because he doesn't listen to the podcast, I can make fun of him right now. Um, the irony is, mm-hmm. today, Ben had a workout, and it was, you know, one and a half miles, like four times one and a half miles on the track. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it was too windy, so I couldn't do it, because then I wouldn't hit my goal times exactly. And I'm like, that is... That is-
1: oh, Runners.
0: That is so absurd. I'm like, you couldn't do two seconds slower per quarter and just adjust. Well, and here he is calling triathletes rigid. Yeah. And it, or come on, man,
1: <laughs> or go on the treadmill or like. And also, the well, training effect is the same. Like, the, if you put the effort in, the training effect's going to be the same for the most part. And that's what he says all the time. And he ended up doing the.
0: Uh, the workout in the afternoon on the grass, and it was totally different. Just, I think mentally for him, if he is on the track, it has to be mm. super precise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just found that funny because that is quite funny. here. He wa- he was so willing to. Be- oh, you triathlete, <laughs> you got- <laughs> you're so you're like
1: all caught up at all the the technical numbers. <laughs> mm right
0: pot calling the kettle yeah. a little totally. bit there now what what was your what was your assessment so, of? yeah Sarah, i actually skills.
1: wrote down some feedback for you oh <laughs> for your episode i listened to it this i didn't get to listen to it until this morning on the ferry the way back from vancouver um so you guys kept me amused um, thank you. Uh, okay, so I look, one thing that I loved was like, you didn't give him the heads up about anything. So when you're throwing him these questions about like sock hats and raccoons and stuff, he's like, huh? <laughs> he's just like completely flummoxed in giving these one word answers. Like, so really, like, and I know that our listeners are probably like, haha.
0: <laughs> well, it was totally for me and for the listeners his role had nothing to do with it. Like I didn't really care about the answers. I just wanted to get our our die-hard
1: listeners to be like
0: oh, inside joke. Right. And he's not in on that. You them. just like
1: threw him under the bus like he's like I don't know what's <laughs> happening right now.
0: I exposed him for the non-listener race right. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> fair. I
1: mean, if he doesn't listen to the podcast, he got what he deserved. Right.
0: Yep. <laughs> Definitely unsupportive spouse That's right
1: <laughs> um, and then the other thing like i thought like you did a really good job of of sort of guiding him like of being the leader of the whole podcast and what what i really noticed was through the, at the beginning he was almost like even the volume was quieter right and um and he was giving kind of one word answers it's like the ultimate like interviewer skill and then like slowly as time went on he started to come out of his shell and then he and then he said all those great funny things about in the runners versus athletes segment and all that like it just it just like got better and better so um yeah well done on that and thank you
0: oh my pleasure it's it's almost like i know the guy <laughs> and i know that
1: <laughs> he
0: starts he needs to warm right. up he needs you know
1: <laughs> you thought you'd warm up by throwing in questions about raccoons and sawcats.
0: Well, it's it's just to get him talking a little right. bit, you know, in small bursts. Mm-hmm. And then and then we switch it to you actually have to talk
1: for real yeah. now. Yeah, well, he did a good job. Um, and that's oh, not the only you. thing you did a good job on last week. So we had our live cooking show with Hannah Grant. Um, I think it was, I always forget that I should remember the names of the things that are happening in my world. (laughs) Cook, cook like a pro. I think it is. Cook like a pro. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we were live on Facebook and we had a bunch of people sign up on the zoom and, and listeners like Sarah showed up and she was wearing her like full on arrow suit like underneath <laughs> underneath her what do you call it, apron and we didn't even realize until, until a little while in. Did you take a like take a hoodie off or something at some point? Yeah, yeah. You know the big reveal the big reveal. <laughs> Just to- a <laughs> she had like her spatulas and stuff in her back pocket. I mean this was like next level cooking right here. Um I it's
0: probably my only opportunity to wear my race cat the rest of the year, so why not? You know, I wanted to show her what a real athlete was like.
1: Right. And did you have fun with Hannah?
0: <laughs> totally. She she's really fun. We we needed more time. I mean, I could have I could have done a two hour show. I'm not signing up for a two hour show, but I feel like I could have done one.
1: And were you surprised when she? Because honestly, she decided about two minutes before we went live that she wanted to do like a head to head cook off. Like, and I think I told you at the time, I was, like, in my head, I'm, like, maybe I should tell Sarah this. Like, I I had this one moment of maybe I should text you and say, hey, Hannah's going to turn this into a competition, be warned. But I forgot about it, and I didn't. And – but that was really fun.
0: It was – it was really fun. Uh, but then I, you know, had to eat four egg wraps, <laughs> which was totally fine. I mean, they were delicious. But that was – I mean, that was my n- number one hurdle, was realizing that everything that I was going to make really quickly, it had to be good enough that I would want to consume it because I was going to have a lot. Of it.
1: Have- <laughs> because it was a competition really- to make the most.
0: So. Yeah, Well, I- I'm not going to slow down intentionally. I mean, I'm a competitive person.
1: And I think Hannah gave you the win. Like, it was pretty close. Like, we got folks to vote on Zoom and Facebook. It was very oh, close. Oh, she won. But she, she gave you the win. won.
0: No, not even close. So right. I
1: do have a question because you made an egg wrap, like the wrap uh-huh. that you made, kind of like there was fruit wrapped in kind of a th- like a thin egg. Yeah. Like, and it, it how does the sweet and savory kind of work together on that?
0: It really wasn't savory ah. because you're you're only putting a tiny, tiny little bit of salt. Yeah. Uh, but then you add like I added maple syrup. She added a little bit of honey into it's more like a sweet omelet. Um. You know, instead of a crepe, for example, mm-hmm. you know yeah. you're making omelette. Yeah, a little more protein in there. Those, it was tasty. I would definitely do it again.
1: Yeah, I totally wanted to yeah. do it, um, but I couldn't yeah. manage more than one task, which was like trying to work the buttons on Zoom and semi doing a half reasonable job of co-hosting the show. So that's fair. Yeah.
0: That's fair. Yeah. yeah, I would, I would do it again. So my, I. Uh, would I do like a real cooking show? No. Would I do something like Although there okay, I don't know if you ha- do you have Chopped in, in Canada? Chopped. Do you know what it is? Chopped. No. Chopped. No. So it's it, it's this cooking show where you go into the kitchen and there are four contestants and you you there's one person eliminated each round. Um, but it's, you get surprise basket ingredients and you just have to improvise. Uh, I would really want to do that because they've done ones before with athletes and I'm like, oh, I could crush it. You know, I don't know, actually know if I could, but
1: I think that would be so much. Okay. Is this our next job? Maybe we need to take on a little PR for you and get you on chopped. To
2: get, get on. I I would totally. I feel like that's a
1: job we could do. Okay. I'm going to write that down. Um, (laughs) okay and then oh for anyone who has no clue what we're talking about just go follow hannah grant on instagram she's at daily stews um and she was the uh she was a tour de france chef who has an amazon prime show called eat race win um and she's really fun and then you'll be able to find everything there if you want to find the link to the live show that sarah did um and sarah you have this thing on our run list that says pto wild cards i know what the pto is but the professional mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wait professional triathletes organization i know what a wild card is but uh what does that mean
0: well speaking of chopped um so basically there's this massive race in daytona in december Mm -hmm. uh the top 40 men on the pto rankings top 40 women on the pto rankings get invited and then there are 10 wild cards uh per gender Mm -hmm. So I have not gotten a wild card. What? And, like, there's a part of me that kind of, that I I didn't expect it because I'm not a PTO member, and I think that's what is keeping me. Well, if I were a member, I would be top 40, I think. Right. Um, but then there's a little piece of me that I was was hoping. But, yeah, so this week, like, there's part of me that – I'm trying not to get my hopes up. But I think I I've realized it's it kind of just really sank in that I kind of want to go.
1: Yeah. That's really I'm not interesting. Invited. Okay, so
0: do you have to you even if it happens, it may not happen. Let's be honest.
1: Right. Do you have to be a member of the organization to race? Is that the is that how they've made the rules? For the pros? So
0: uh they are th- so far, most of the wild cards have gone to ITU athletes, so athletes who probably don't belong to the PTO.
1: So that's not the rule then. That's the, so the reason they haven't invited you, am I going to say this out loud, Like, probably has to do with the fact that you asked some questions about their organization at the beginning. There's a possibility. There's a strong. I'm going to (laughs) say that that's probably why that like that actually really disappoints me because, you know, you want the you want the professional triathletes organization to be an organization that wants to invite the best of the world to their event. So like it's one thing to say, okay you have to be a member to come. But if that's actually not the case, um, then they should be fair in the way that they select things based on performance.
0: Well, I mean, they they're allowed to invite
1: whomever they want. So sure, but then it's not a world championship,
0: yeah. I, I mean, they gave me the opportunity to join. We've talked about it before. Uh, I was did not love how it han- was handled. Um, you know, actually, I wouldn't mind having a discussion with uh. I, I actually sent an email to the CEO mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, I totally get it if, if you guys don't want me to be a member. But if you'd like to have a discussion about why um, and what happens for me to not be super warm on the subject, um, I'd be more than happy because, you know, for, for the best interest of the organization.
1: Um, Did you hear back? Mm-hmm. You didn't, you didn't no. get a response. Not yet. interesting. How long ago did you send the email? Just uh,
0: recently, okay. and I, I said it's it's not it's not a rush, obviously, because there's no there's nothing time based. But uh, so I I get it. I I understand why they haven't invited me. You know, mm-hmm. um, I understood that. You know, questioning some of the their early decisions. This last, you know, this winter, um, publicly, like obviously, came at a cost, um, and I get that. Yeah, I just, I, 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 I knew it was possible. Yeah. yeah, I
1: mean, I'm, I'm just like not on board with that way of thinking, like where it's like if you, you know, if you ask questions about us, and I mean, you did it publicly too, which I think is also fine mm-hmm. because they're, it's like they're a big organization with a lot of money, um, you know that we do it's like we'll just we're just going to cut you off like that's how you deal with dissent or or conversation starting is by just cutting people off that's just like to me that's not okay and that's not going to work um and I'm so much the opposite that I'm I I almost feel like come and tell me <laughs> come and tell me the things that you think that I'm doing wrong come and tell me the things that you think that like the questions that you have about my business because if you care enough to come and ask me those questions it means that you care Right. And, yeah. and that's I think that's where you're coming from when you're like, hey, whatever. Like these are my questions about your organization. It's because you actually care about the future of the organization and someone has to ask the questions. Totally.
0: One hundred percent. It was not about me. It was about asking deep fundamental questions that, you know, really about the. Because it comes down to long term viability for this to be. If this is going to shape the sport, mm-hmm. the, the business plan has to be rock solid. Right. Um, so where where they took uh, umbrage is the fact that I did it on a public platform instead of coming to them to, directly. But I would just counter like if, if my criticisms can't be or the questions I raised in um, you know, a if the position of the pto is so weak that like me bringing them up undermines mm-hmm. them then you really have to question you know the the fundamentals
1: yeah and of, i i think even like it's a fair response even to say to you like hey sarah we appreciate your questions like thanks for asking them come talk to us privately we can't talk about this in public like that that yeah. would be a totally fine response to your questions i mean you want to try to guide i got that yeah but.
0: No, and, and and I got that So a couple months later We did have a discussion uh, I had a, cu- a discussion with a couple of the board members And I left it Sent them an email Them, I think the next morning being like Hey, I, I get it that we disagree Ultimately, I want to see this thing succeed um, And then Just the follow-up I shared the follow-up with mm.
1: you. Yes yeah. I recall Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And that I've been, I was disappointed. Right, I was disappointed. Yeah, because I, I think you know what. It, what is the what is the saying? Is that uh, dissent is the pure purest form of patriotism? For obviously that's political, yeah. but like it's. A, it's it, a, I think that applies. I think it applies to anything. If 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 you believe in the principles of something, yeah, then. Bringing up questions, whether publicly or in person, you know, it comes out of place of love. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it's a little bit, I don't know if dangerous is probably too strong a word, but it is a little dangerous for a, a sports organization or any organization to say, get in line or, or get out, mm. you know, like it's like, especially this kind like where they're trying to serve the pros and all the various needs of the pros in triathlon. Like it just—it's not okay.
0: Well, I, so my my understanding is that they cared uh, primarily about the optics of it seeming like every athlete was totally on board with everything, and that was that was the most important thing.
1: <laughs> like you need that—you need that unified front. Yeah. And I, I, I understand the need for the unified front, but, like, let's talk about all the things so that we can get to the unified front, right? like, not like we decide what the unified front message is, right? And you get on board. Like, that's not okay because they're supposed to be representing the pros, like.
0: Right. Well, and that's – I think that's where I kind of came – that was my approach, ultimately, yeah. because it's, like, hey, if you can convince me that this makes sense – and that how you guys are going about it makes sense. Yeah, I might disagree with some of the things here and there. I, that's the way I want to be convinced. Not because, you know, there's this promise of money. Not because, you know, my, my peers are telling me to do mm-hmm. it. But because I believe, you know, in the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Well I say good for you. And maybe there's more conversation oh, to come. Like I feel like they're they're a pretty new organization. Yeah. So, you know, things can shift and change too. So I still have no, hope. I'm
0: I'm am i I'm still hoping that, you know, Sam will take me up on the opportunity to mm. to chat. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I I probably won't get a wild card, but if I do, then I'll be delighted to take part. Yeah. So Yeah. Mm. Well
1: there you go. Good for you um okay after the break uh we got a message from a listener on instagram so we're going to talk about that hey sarah have you seen those new form smart swim goggles you know the ones that have the display right on the goggle so you can see like in real time how fast you're going and your heart rate and stuff
0: yeah i have seen them and i'm really interested because they just added a an open water feature Which is terrific, because you can go from the pool to open water and still be able to have those same metrics as you swim.
1: Yeah, I mean, knowing how fast you're going in open water in real time is um, totally amazing. So I think it's going to revolutionize swim training.
0: Absolutely. And if they add like a a loon detection device to it, I'm sold. Done.
1: If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty media production. Sarah and I are truly and grossly thankful for our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Form Swim, and Orca Sportswear. Join the conversation by following us on all the socials at If We Were Riding on Instagram and Facebook, or send me a voice memo to Sarah with no H at livefeisty.com. Also leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Remember that time we were ranked like number 206 best sports podcast in the Czech Republic. Yeah, that was thanks to you. So leave us a review. We can't wait to ride with you next week. Yeah. Okay. Sarah, so I pulled up the message we got on Instagram. Um, it's an, it's an age group triathlete who's talking about RMA and Karen's. I didn't, I actually didn't realize I you may be shocked to learn I don't pay super close attention to to triathlon uh right now but I guess Ironman Cairns went off there was 241 athletes this is in Australia um and they gave out the regular number of slots to Kona to the Ironman World Championships and like she gives an example um for example like in the 40 to 44 year old men's category there were 12 slots um and so I think she was sort of taking exception to the idea that um that that's actually going to be like that's a suitable way to qualify for a world championship when you can't actually have a full represent a fully represented field um and it it made me think a little bit about it being the similar to the age group equivalent of like what happened in hamburg where they just suddenly called a world championship and then there's like just like random athletes, <laughs> like who could make it, who can't, who can actually have access to the country, who's willing to risk their health, like all of those things. And it feels a bit the same here where like no one, I don't, I don't think you could get there from outside Australia. Um, well, not only that, you couldn't get, you couldn't enter Queensland. Right. So the state. Yeah. So
0: basically, like if you wanted to do that race, either you had to be a Queenslander or you had to do quarantine beforehand in Queensland. Mm-hmm. Uh so that's why there were only 241 participants mm. and should they have scaled it based on that probably
1: <laughs> it seems a bit silly that they did yeah didn't. it's a funny time because you know at this like like the sport is fighting to stay alive right like we don't yeah. know if some of these races like i don't know how, where iron man is at right now financially I just no idea um and but with some of the smaller races like you just know that the the race schedule is probably going to be devastated when we come back and then also you have the um the fact that it's in the short term and maybe even the mid middle term it racing's not going to look the same so you have all these new rules you can't have as many people on the course etc cetera, etc cetera, which ultimately means less entries less like we were talking to um Zelial is one of our sponsors today and talking about like there's no appeal like even when they're having races there's no appeal for a sponsor to sponsor the race or to go with set up their tent there Mm. if there's 241 athletes there Uh, so there's like all these layers to like will the sport as it exists continue um into the future so like with that in mind I kind of understand why they want to continue to create like hype around Kona if you're Ironman um but, I mean, this is such a tough question. Like, I don't know. Like, we don't even know if is going to happen. <laughs> even, even like, 2021, whether, you know, because, yeah, we, do, we don't even really know. Um, I don't even know. I honestly, I don't even know what to think.
0: Uh, just, they probably should have scaled
1: it back. Right.
0: Yeah. Because... You want you want it to be special. Mm-hmm. You want the Kona qualification to mean something. Mm-hmm. And there's a very good chance that if you just finish the race,
1: you're qualified. That you qualified. And do you think that, that they maybe thought that was going to appeal to people and get more people to um, come to their race?
0: I think there are so few races that anybody who had signed up for this one and lived in Queensland, was able to do it. They were gonna, they were gonna do it no mm-hmm. matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh but honestly, we would, we would love listener feedback. If if any of you have a strong opinion about this, it's it seems like Sarah's a bit like on the so fence. It's not hard to have a stronger
1: opinion than me, <laughs> which is like. Yeah. I'm basically, like, a giant shrug right now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, anyone who has, especially with the, around the age group race and world championships, um, I think my, like, my, I don't know, my sense of, like, my sense of grayness around this is just that, like, I don't, I can't even picture what the sport's going to look like, you know, and yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. So I find that environment to be really difficult to be able to judge, like, whether this was a good way forward or not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Good question. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows the future, we would also Great. appreciate that voicemail. <laughs> Just in general,
1: give us some details. That's right. <laughs> Just throw us a bone over here. We'd like to know.
0: All right. Well, thank you for wasting another hour listening to our podcast. And we will see you next week. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to
2: be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.